Friday. Here we go. The John Curley, Sherry Elliker Show. And look who's here. That's right. It's Sherry. Get in here. I am strong. strong. Yeah, you are. Go. Got it, Sherry. Yeah, I, I, I got it. Gonna, then you're not going to break you. Not going to break you. What? What's wrong with the song? You don't like this no, one either? Whoa, 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 whoa. Huh? What? No, I, I. This song is as current as ever. Good dive again. <laughs> I was just trying to think of a song that would be good for you, and I done. You know, okay. Get, get you all worked up there. Yeah. All right, up. boy, lots of, lots, of, lots of news. Uh, lots and lots of stuff. So let's uh, get to it. Is Kate Stone going to join us, by the way, or are we just doing this without Kate Stone? Oh, I'm here. Lots of music. Oh, there you are. So, oh, I didn't see you. There you are. Yeah, I missed you. I missed you. Oh, good job yesterday, by the way. Thank you. Um, so the governor. Place. Yes, 2024. Uh, I watched it. Um, they had a, it was like two and a half hours long. So you had it was the, a long um, one. Long one. The governor spoke as well, so yes, you got a did. chance to ask a question. Um, this is up to you. Go. It's your segment. What do you take? What, well, where do you want to start? You know, there's a lot to unpack. I know you guys talked about it a little bit yesterday, but Governor Inslee talked along with some state lawmakers yesterday in Olympia, kind of giving a preview of what the legislative session will look like. Voters mm-hmm. obviously really care about a lot of the main issues that they cared about the year before, the economy, public safety, homelessness. But one that was not part of the Crosscut Elway poll that still managed to make it into every single lawmaker panel and the governor got peppered with questions about was the Climate Commitment Act, which we've talked uh-huh. about. Yes. And a recap. Which, by the way, Kate, he just bragged about it's uh, already got a billion dollars. Yeah. Yeah. It's more than that. It's actually one point eight billion. So, Where did yeah. it come from? Where did the uh, billion dollars, $1.8 billion come that from? That is a great question, John. It no, is it's actually... not. It's a really simple question. <laughs> it's coming it came from... from... It comes from us. Well... The taxpayers. Well... The it... people that drive cars. It comes... Well, in a roundabout way, it comes from our state's biggest polluters. So we don't actually have a public list of it, but the the... Companies in our state that create the most uh-huh. carbon pollution, they have to buy these carbon credits at auction, yep. and yep. then they have to use that to cover their pollution. And critics of this law say that the extra cost that these companies are incurring is just being passed along to the consumers. So by extension, the critics of the law say, we the voters are ended up paying that at the pump, mostly, because oil and gas yes. companies are obviously big carbon polluters. Yes. Now, Governor yes. Inslee has said repeatedly, as we know, that he did not believe, does not believe that the Climate Commitment Act or any carbon emissions program would raise gas prices. He said it would have a minimal impact, if any. That was actually the Department of Ecology that said that. But Governor Inslee's repeatedly stated, you know, it, it would be pennies, as, as we've talked about before. Well, right. yes. now some new information is coming to light that perhaps the governor knew that there would be an impact on gas prices as much as a decade ago. So the Washington Policy Center unearthed a clip of a video from a Senate Environment, Energy and Technology Committee meeting from 2014, Mm -hmm. where Mm -hmm. the governor's chief policy advisor at the time, Matt Stewart, told members of that committee that carbon 
dioxide price of $52 per metric ton, which is almost exactly what it is now, right now, would Mm -hmm. increase gas prices by a certain amount, possibly around 40 cents a gallon. It could be as high as almost 40 cents by 2035. It's basically three times that in the high price scenario. And anyone can watch this. It's on TVW. It's a little hard to find, obviously, but it's an obscure Senate committee hearing. But Governor Inslee was asked about that yesterday in front of reporters. He repeatedly has said, as I mentioned, that there is no way to predict an impact on gas prices that can be attributed to this climate law. You can debate this till the cows come home. You really can. And there's all kinds of debates to make. One I would make is the price has come down a dollar since then. So I don't know who you're referring to as my former staffer, but they were wrong because it actually has come down a dollar since October. So you can't predict these with 100% accuracy. Couple of things there. First of all, former oh staffer God. was oh his chief God. policy oh advisor. Hold on one second. <laughs> really? Didn't anyone just stand up and scream something like "Stop this hogwash"? Oh, absolutely. Or yeah. Okay. Yeah, our Keep friend going. Brandy Cruz certainly did. She called him out okay. on that for sure. But yes, he said he didn't remember this former staffer, which is his chief policy advisor. Uh, at the time in 2014. And he also said that gas prices have come down a dollar since October, which is an interesting comparison to make because obviously gas prices fluctuate all the time. So Todd Myers with the Washington Policy Center had a response to that. Yeah, gas prices go typically go up in the summer and down in the winter. That's exactly what we have seen due to um, supply and demand issues. The issue is, is that gas prices in Washington are higher than they would be without the tax. So that's been a common point of contention here is that essentially, yeah, no matter what the market does, you're still going to be paying more because of the climate law. That's what the Washington Policy Center and other critics of this law have said. And as to the argument that there's no way to predict this, well, if you look on the federal government on the, I believe it's the Energy Information Administration, something like that, they have an actual calculation for how much each carbon metric ton is worth in terms of dollar amounts. And if you if you factor that in with how much the state is charging in the carbon market, you come mm-hmm. up with that 44 cents. It's not... It's not just coming out of thin air. So that's where those estimates are coming from. So the governor's assertion that there's no way to predict this is, uh, at best, uh, a little suspect, shall we say. Okay, that's kind. Right. I mean, it's so simple. And But did, when he said the thing about the dollar... Don't people jump in and say something to Did people just stand there and write this stuff? Well, down? it's actually more like 70 cents. I actually looked it up today. But OK, it's yeah. ridiculous. Right. Ridiculous exactly. argument. OK, so li- here's the thing. He lied to us in 2014. He lied to us in, t- in 2020 when he stood there and talked about this. The voters had an opportunity to vote this thing down back in 2018 when they floated this idea of having this carbon tax. But they did top, vote it down. They did vote it down, right? So this happened in 1631 was the initiative went in there. 56% of people said, no, no, I don't want to pay more for the gas. Here's what Governor Inslee wants to do. He's not going to, he's out of there. He's done. He wants to get a job in the green energy world. He wants to be like Al Gore and make $300 million a year, right? Wouldn't that be nice um, to be in a position like that, to have that kind of money and to be able to fly around in private jets and uh, scold people 
These guys are always looking for the next step. So what is the next step? Well, he's just going to push this thing through. He's going to pride himself on this, and he's looking for the next place to go. So for him, the next place is some green energy business where they can pay him millions and millions of dollars a year, and he might be able to buy a whole bunch of houses like uh, like um, Al Gore or like John Kerry. It's his next step. These guys are always looking, what's the next step? So the next step for him is, I pushed this through. I did this and I did that. You know, these are the credentials that I have. Now hire me for some green energy thing. This is it. This is what he wants to do. He doesn't give a rat's ass about us and what it costs every single oh. person that's driving. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you were there, Joe. All right. Sorry, Kate. All no, right, go it's ahead. okay. So, but no, it- just, it's, it's infuriating that... Joe Again, Mom. I said this yesterday, how dumb either he has zero, zero respect for us and thinks we are so dumb to believe that, oh, he brought down the cat, the cost of gas a dollar by charging everybody an additional 46 cents a gallon. You know, it's just it's just admit it. I don't want you to drive a gas powered car. I want you to be in an EV. The reason they raise the price of cigarettes is because they don't want you to buy cigarettes. They don't want you to smoke cigarettes. So they keep raising the price on it, trying to stop you. It's been done thousands of times in the, the economy where the government comes in and wants to stop you from doing something. They put a tax on it, right? So this is a tax to get you to change your way. The car, the roads are blocked so you don't drive your car so you get in a bus and get a chance to get some secondhand fentanyl smoke. They don't want you on the roads. They don't want you in your car. How do we get them out of the car? Let's raise the price of gas and keep raising the price of gas until they get in a bus or they get an EV. It's a, This is so transparent as to what this is. There are how many new coal power plants coming online in China every year? Do you think that less drivers in Washington are going to have one simple, tiny, almost it would be to the point you wouldn't even be able to measure the difference. But this is him, the governor, looking for his next job. That's his, that's exactly what it is. All of this is a waste of time. I think a lot of the frustration from reporters, from critics, et cetera, is that you know, this obviously has impacted gas prices more than the governor said that it would. I mean, you know, he he said, as we mentioned, pennies, it's talking about pennies. And I think a lot of the frustration is coming from people who are saying, can we not all just admit that this is costing more than it would now? How do we move forward from that? How do we fix some things? How do we make this easier for Washingtonians who are struggling with rent, with paying these exorbitant prices at the pump and in other places? And right. and yesterday, from what from what I saw, the governor is is standing his ground on that. And he also did that this morning. He talked to Chris Sullivan on Seattle's Morning News, and they kind of went head to head on this. You have that conduit. Yeah. No, I do. I see the conduit. He's proud to do it. Oh, here we go. Here's Sully. All right. Wow. Look at Sully jumped in on it. Yeah. Hang on. Hang on. Hang on. He's a conduit. He's a proud. Yeah. So the governor joined. You talk about the transparency. And one thing that I think confuses a lot of people, perhaps the perspective. You talk about the whipsawing and the gouging of these evil oil companies. Why does that not extend past Washington's borders? Why are they not gouging the same amount in Idaho and Washington? Oregon's price, 70 cents cheaper than Washington today. Idaho's 94 cents. Why does the gouging only seem to impact Washington? Well, to, to start, if you look back, roll back the tape, West Coast states have always been in the top five of, of gas prices in the United States. But not by a dollar between them. 
Well, it's not a dollar. I haven't looked. It is a dollar today between Idaho and seventy-six cents in Oregon. It's never been that much. It has been significant differences. There are some costs, and and the Department of Ecology told people there would be some costs associated with this. It's probably in. It's not in the range of a dollar. I disagree with that assessment. Well, I've paid it driving back and forth between Montana almost every weekend this last couple of months. You go across the Idaho border, boom, eighty to ninety cents cheaper. That's a fact. In the case, it's no, it hasn't, Governor. Well, I have. I have the graphs in front of me. But I'll tell you what. But I can tell you this: we should not allow these pollution, this pollution, in infinite amounts. Number one. Number two, we should have a law in this state, which is uh, insists on transparency of the oil companies, to find out why they are making profits of two hundred billion dollars while they are whipsawing us on these, and we should do. Oh my God! You know, How about when they lost? It, it's this is yeah. This is so tiring. He, he, he by the way, Governor. It, talking points. Yeah. Um, by the way, Gavin Newsom. Last year, they passed the same thing that he wants to do. The California Energy Commission. It's made up of a bunch of bureaucrats. They're going to be constantly going after oil companies whenever they gouge. Or make obscene profits. It's the same stupid thing. So the the state is looking into it. So they want these oil companies to be more transparent. It's pretty transparent how it works. Supply and demand. It's as simple as that. Uh, uh, Sully yeah, keeps going. I hope that the legislature will pass that this year and continue and not cut off the funds that are helping, including our transportation. Look, we've got a transportation problem. We've got problems with our ferries. <sighs> And if this bill is eliminated, we'll, we'll blow a $1 billion hole in our ability to continue to build this state. I do not believe that's the route we should go. And this is helping us build our state. And I think we should continue to do that. With that, I'm going to have to excuse myself because I've got to get on the road. But I will look forward oh. to another conversation. Yeah, sure. In fairness to the governor, Washington has historically had higher gas prices than a lot of the rest of the country. There's a lot of reasons for that. We only have the Olympic pipeline. We also have a higher gas tax, which this is not a gas tax. This is separate from that. We do have the third highest gas tax in the country. And there are other factors that impact why we pay more historically than the rest of the country. However, the argument is not that we pay more because of the Climate Commitment Act alone. It's that it is an added cost on top of the high prices that Washingtonians are already paying at the pump, that this is an added baked-in cost that will remain there regardless of what the market does. We could discover an oil well in Snohomish, and it's still we would have some of this extra cost because of the Climate Commitment Act is what Todd Myers and the Washington Policy Center and other people who are very ingrained on this issue are arguing. And Myers also had an interesting comment when uh, the governor was talking about price gouging. During the summer when prices were going up, Governor Inslee blamed oil companies and oil company greed for the increasing prices. So now that prices go down, what is the cause? Oil company generosity? (laughs) No. Mm. 
So there's a lot of bills that are set to go into the legislature. Republicans are taking aim at the Climate Commitment Act. There's a lot of bills to increase transparency on how much gas prices are impacted, that sort of thing. You heard Governor Inslee talk about a bill on transparency for the oil companies and Mm -hmm. seeing how much profit that they are actually making per gallon of gas. So everyone is taking a really hard look at this. But there's also looming in the background the Citizen Initiative from Brian Haywood and Let's Go Washington. Which, if it puts it on the ballot, uh, uh, voters would have a chance to decide. Sweet justice. And they have rejected it <laughs> twice in the past, in 2016 oh, and 2018. Boy. Now, Governor Inslee has Where pointed out. Where the sun out, doesn't shine, Kate Stone. As you heard it in that segment. the sun doesn't shine. There's a billion dollars. That's what dollars. people should do in November. Where the sun doesn't shine. That's exactly where this needs to go. There- right on up there. Right on up. And let it be. But then because we will the have to figure will have out their final what, what find out what how have to, to pay out what. for the ferries and transportation and the other things that the Climate Commitment Act is paying for. Is yeah really so for the pro- problem with the ferries a couple of things one it's been poorly run for the longest time you could try to privatize it if you wanted you could also probably try to get some more employees since you fired a bunch because they wouldn't take an experimental vaccine there's a bunch of problems that they wanted to fund it they could find a way to fund it to take a billion dollars out of the pockets and that's where it comes from from Washingtonians and spend it on a bunch of crap like EV school buses and more bike lanes and other stuff like that in order to be able to you have this pedigree that you are the great savior of the of the climate and the world so that you can get another job when you leave Washington. Why don't you go to China and talk to them about their new 100 coal power plants that they're going to put online in the next couple of years. This does nothing, nothing other than hurt the average person in Washington when they pay more than $2,000 every single year into their gas tank. But I appreciate you being in there, Kate. And no problem. To ask questions. Yeah. I'll be covering the legislature, so expect more. November, we will have the final word. Yes, it seems that yeah. way. Goodbye. Thanks, Bye. Kate Stone. Bye-bye. Where's her music? Get her out of here with that fancy music. When she was thank you. I mean, thank I mean, please, thank you. Hi, Teeny. Uh, Oh, she's got all this husky stuff on. All right. All you're doing is talking about my dress and my hair. Okay. (laughs) Not really. Can can you turn her mic off so she can't hear me, Joe? It's off. Sherry, uh, I'm going to fire her. Oh, good. I mean, oh, really? Why? <laughs> okay. Oh, Joe, you're supposed to turn the <laughs> thing off. She's in the room. I don't think she heard that. All right. Okay. Oh, yeah, she seems upset. Uh, Joe's got to step in on this one because I, having never seen Star Wars, although 15% of the world's population has seen some Star Wars episode, I still will hold strong. I saw my brother over the weekend. I see you're holding steady on the Star Wars. Yep. Refused to see it. So we made that vow <laughs> back in 1974 when the first one came out. So oh, that's courageous. I, I, too, am in the club. That's right. You know who else was in the club? Dory. Dory had never seen Star Wars. Oh, wow. We're all in good company. Okay, so there's a big brouhaha because uh, Disney has decided that they want a particular uh, feminist journalist uh, activist to be the director for the, the new Star Wars. And... 
people have been saying, you know, the problem with Disney for the longest time in South Park made fun of her and made fun of Disney as well by making fun of uh, Catherine Kennedy, who Kathleen for Kennedy, 10 years yeah. now has been running the Lucas Foundation, Lucas Films and all the making all the Star Wars movies. And they're like South Park made fun of her. Did you get those sounds from South Park? Oh, yeah. They're in there. OK, so just let me see. Where, where is that? Uh, 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 South Park. Yeah. No, no, it's oh, not. Oh, come on, John. You want me to hit it? Yeah. All right. Okay. Thank you, John. We were just discussing uh, ideas of what to do with the new Prince Eric movie. Put a chick in it. Make her gay. Maybe we should go a different route than we did with Indiana Jones. F*** Indiana Jones. Put a chick in it and make her name it gay. Any diverse woman in it, make it name. But, Mrs. Kennedy, ba Bambi's a baby deer. Baby deer, put a chick in it. Make her gay. <laughs> There you are, Miss Kennedy, the linguine and clam sauce. Uh, excuse me, I believe I asked you to put a chicken in this and make her gay? Uh, yes, the chef was a little confused what you meant by that. It means put a chicken in the linguine and make her gay! Okay, so... <laughs> and I want it lame! Okay, I so Kathleen... that things are being kept from me. And if you're going to keep things from me, then you'd better put a chicken in and make it gay as Look, I don't want to have to say it, but okay. I think the problem is Kathleen Kennedy. Everybody's been saying that. The problem is Kathleen Kennedy. So for 10 years, she's been doing this, and Disney's gone woke, and people don't like the fact they're woke, and the movie's bomb. So then they come along, they're going to hire a director who won. I think she uh, nominated for a couple Academy Awards, or she won some Oscar for documentary directing. They, they're giving her this job. She's going to be doing the new Star Wars, and people are like, oh, my God, Really? Really? Um, and now at this point, I guess, Joe, do you have a response to this? Because you are one of those Star Wars. I, I don't, I'm not, see, she did a couple of documentaries. I've never seen them. I don't know anything. I don't know if she's qualified to direct a big budget fictional feature film. So I have nothing to yeah. judge it by. I've never heard of her. Yeah. I, I, well, don't, she, I, I, I don't know. Is she, um, is she directing it or is it this feminist um Oh, no, Kathleen Kennedy runs the whole thing, and then right, she yes. puts this. She, here's the director. Charmaine yeah. Obeyed Chinoy, who is set to become the first woman and the first person of color. This is Matt Walsh. To direct a Star Wars feature film, has said it's about time. The 45-year-old Pakistani-Canadian filmmaker made... Here she is explaining what her goal is when she makes a film. And you might, you might if you don't know any better, you might think, oh, you, her goal when she makes a film, it must be to tell a great story that people want to see. Oh, no, it's not that. I like to make men uncomfortable. I enjoy making men uncomfortable. <laughs> not you, just just not, you not know, you. Not, yeah, not you, John. Point taken. Point taken. But um, you know, it is important to be able to look into the eyes of a man and say, "I am here," and recognize that, and recognize that I am working to bring something that makes you uncomfortable and it should make you uncomfortable because you need to change your attitude and it's only when you're uncomfortable when you're shifty when you have to have difficult conversations okay blah blah uh, th that's a little deceptive by Matt well, she wasn't saying that she's going to make men uncomfortable by doing star wars but her basic sort of you know her battle cry is you know to always be challenging the patriarchal society even though disney 
and Kathleen Kennedy has had half of her staff is female, and a lot of the women they've been working on Star Wars are female, but this woman is now going to be in charge of directing the new film, and she is just a real big advocate for making sure that it's always about feminists, even though... The last couple of movies, the the lead or the hero has been a female, right? Yeah, so. no, definitely. That was uh, um, Ray Skywalker. I think they ended up calling her. But yeah, the first the first one that Disney did, I thought was really good. Um, and then the the next two or three were really kind of bad. They've had a couple. They've had a couple like kind of subplot Star Wars movies that weren't around. You know, the main the kind of the main characters that were also really good. So they, it's just, mm-hmm. it's been hit or miss since Disney took over. It has the greatest discrepancy of male-female ticket buyers of all movies. It's like 60-40, 60% male, uh, 40% female. Um, and when you're asked about it, oh, it's because you know they're not doing enough to attract the female moviegoer. M- maybe they don't want to go see Star Wars, but this woman perhaps will go in there saying, oh, we're trying to get more women in there, and by doing that, maybe she stays with the, her sort of woke um brainwashed ideology i don't want to feel uncomfortable matt Matt walsh uh, (laughs) suggested that they're going to double down on everything audiences hate so this is a (laughs) this is an experiment that they've tried before as far as trying to make things more woke or more inclusive or more whatever and it's I don't think it's had terrific results i don't know really i don't know enough about star wars to know what she could do uh, the feminization or the barbying of Star Wars. Uh-huh. I mean, they, it seems to me like Star Wars was never sexist. Even the first one back in the what the seventies or the eighties or whenever it was. I mean, it wasn't. I, I didn't would never have thought of that as something that needed to be corrected. But Joe might know that. Joe, no, there's nothing controversial as far as I know. It was, it was yeah, a pretty you know silly space movie. You know, it, it, so the question is if it if she does the movie and it bombs, do people not like it because of the director, or they just don't like it because they don't like it? I mean, there's female directors that are very successful, and people go to the movies. They don't care who the director is; they just want to go see the movie, and they walk out going, "Well, that was good," or "That was bad," but they don't go, "I I hated the movie because the director's a you know." Uh, 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 a lunatic and wants to make men uncomfortable. So she yes, gets the chance it's going to run. To be the, it's the audience that will decide, John. <laughs> that will not include you or me, but all of the Star Wars people out there, 60% of them being men, will yes. decide this. Not us. We are not in that group. George Lucas ruined my childhood, somebody said. Talk about the last couple of movies that the destroyed it because lucas did a couple of them and then they turned it over to some other people they're rabid fans that the not only they love star wars but they seem to have a bit of a speech impediment sherry (laughs) that's that's the guy that was born with one extra swallow and he's always one swallow behind yes and he's always got just a little bit of white stuff (laughs) on the corner of his lip or lips or mouth yes and he's had a retainer now for about 18 years he rarely takes it out his mother told him not to did he have the retainer that went around the back of the head remember the head card headgear yeah oh yeah i remember that they should do a longitudinal study on those people Good way to vent or vet uh, all that anger and resentment and anything else you got stirring around is to go into a room, pay somebody um, some money, and then go into a room with some safety glasses on and a sledgehammer and pound away at a 
uh, I guess, old computers or laptops or whatever else they got, printers and things like that. This seems like something you would do, Sherry. Oh, yeah. Uh, this actually started back in 2008. I didn't know this. It, oh. An anti-violence activist s- charged $3 for women to come into her garage and smash stuff up. So uh-huh. people started to take notice of this and saw the number of people that wanted to do it, and then these things started popping up. So this started back, you know, mid to middle of the 2000s, and now uh-huh. you find them in most every city. Um, they go from, you know, you can spend 20 bucks, 100 bucks, whatever, if you want to have a bigger group there. Usually what they do is they give you either a baseball bat, a sledgehammer, or a crowbar, and uh-huh. depending on what you want to smash up, uh, you can use any of those tools. So sometimes they provide it for you, like they can provide mm-hmm. an old copier or a printer or a thing like that that you can beat up, or you can bring your own stuff. So let's say uh-huh. you're going through a divorce and you want to bring something that belonged to your ex, you can bring that and smash it to pieces. Um, <laughs> and yeah, it's uh, evidently it's it's really becoming uh, more popular. I guess it waned a little bit during the pandemic and now it's back in action. Uh, you would ever do something like that? Sure. <laughs> yeah, I'd love yeah. to. There were yeah. several of them. There were lots of them in Baltimore, um, but I don't remember why I didn't. I didn't. I didn't go. Um, but I, it was, um, it was one of those things where I think the place that I saw had it was all glass. Everything Ooh. was glass, and that seemed a little scary to me. Yeah. Right. Um, that one <laughs> of the like psychiatrists that. Wow. Uh, look, look said, how Andrew was with the Yeah. Yes. Uh, the psychiatrist said is that this, that anger is a Trojan yes. horse for something else, something deeper. Usually, somebody's very afraid, or oh. they're somehow uh, badly hurt, and that's why they're angry. So this really right. doesn't get the the anger out necessarily. It's not the real problem. It's not yeah. the real problem. Yes. I, I lost it once, and we kept take after take after take. I was shooting a scene with Daryl for Evening Magazine. There's like a couple of leaves that are hanging down. What? That's Daryl telling me to move something. I was like, I'm so sick of him having. Well, you don't have to wait. Okay. Felt great. Now that works really. Oh, so felt great. Yeah. You know what I like about it? End. It's so what? irresponsible. Oh, the most I, I'm irresponsible. Never, I'm never finger. irresponsible. So I it's so to be irresponsible like that and break Okay, stuff? let's see if you would do this. At okay. Evergreen Speedway, I think it was Evergreen Speedway, you used to have this event, you get in like a big old caddy from like the nineteen seventies. You get in the car, of course it has no airbags and stuff. You drive as fast as you can and then you smash into a like a Honda like a 1970s Honda. They've taken the engine out of it. It's against a brick wall. You hit it from behind as hard as you possibly can to try to crush the car down, and then they measure how many inches of the car are left after you've run into it. Would you sit in the passenger seat of that car while the driver races towards the car to slam into it? 
Uh, do they also measure how many inches you've lost in height because your neck has been broken? Uh, no, I don't think I, w- I don't think I would do that. I did, I, I did uh, take a couple challenges on this other radio show, and they said, uh, you know, do you want to do? Because uh, I thought demolition derby was so cool. I thought it would be oh, so much that, fun yes. to do that. And one time I yes. got to ride like a, a one of these things that what's that thing called? It's a machine. It rolls over stuff. A steamroller. Yes. So they were going to keep challenging me on these things. So the next thing was dodgeball, right? I'd go into this dodgeball Uh game. With a steamroller? No, steamroller was <laughs> That doesn't one. seem fair. And I was going to oh, okay. do, do Demolition Derby, but the, ne- the one before that was Dodgeball, which I thought would be a big deal. I played Dodgeball when I was a kid. It's fine. Uh-huh. It yeah. was, they had people, these it's six foot three men hurling yes. these balls at you. Like, I yeah. was like, what, what, stop. This isn't fun. What are you doing? It was awful. Awful. <laughs> Oh, so no, I wouldn't. What? I, Stop! <laughs> what do you do? Catch it! You're supposed to catch the ball. We throw, and then he's out. Just catch it. No, I couldn't catch it going that fast. Should have stayed on your steamroller. <laughs> Did you do the the thing where you smashed into the back of the car? The cars? Oh, that was the best. I wonder if they're still doing it. I'd do it again if they had it. Yeah, it was Did crazy. Did you drive? I'll tell you or were you a we should do that on oh, your farm. Smash couple of different that. things. Thank you. Thank you, Andrew. Um, look at that. We made it through a whole hour without Andrew putting a fart sound in. Thank you very much. Congratulations, Andrew. A little self-control there. Still six minutes.